Um, pull your notes out if you're taking notes. Weapons of Mass Distraction is the title of tonight's talk. And um, here's kind of what that means. So that, that sounds off the bat offensive and like, whoa, sounds crazy. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, we believe in here. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you come from. But listen, God is real and God is speaking. Can I get an amen? I don't care what you believe. Listen, God is real and God is speaking. He is talking to you. And I don't know if you know about relationships, but listen, every relationship is revolved around communication. You cannot be in a relationship with someone and not talk to them. That's just like, like your girl will get on you for two days if not texting her. Come on, somebody. I'm betting. All right. You have to communicate to be in a relationship. Here's the thing about us at church. We promote a relationship with Jesus. That's what we promote. The greatest thing you could ever do in your life is say, listen, Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you. So what does that really mean? That there has to be some type of communication, right? I mean, and, and this is off the bat, I'm going to say this. Listen, we would be, it would it, be just unethical to promote a personal relationship with God with a God that does not communicate. Off the bat, I want to say that. It would be unethical to promote a relationship with God and that God is completely incapable of communicating with you. That would make no sense. But listen, we're promoting a personal relationship with Jesus because God is talking. Come on, somebody. God is speaking. He wants to speak to you. I don't know if you ever heard the voice of God. I've heard the voice of God once in my life. I, I could have sworn it was audible. Like, I, I think I heard his voice. It was really deep. That's a joke. Um, but I felt it in my soul. Like, I, I can't explain it. I was at a lock-in. And lock-ins are of God. Like, if you... Ooh. Lock-ins are of God. Um, is Vinny in the house? Vinny? Cesare? No, he's not here? Awesome. Um, lock-ins are of God. Here's why I believe they're of God, because, like, you're saying, all right, Fridays are fun, but I'm going to stay overnight with crazy Christian people. Like, come on, God wants to do something. Um, so literally, I remember I was in a lock-in. And um, all night, which is worshiping and praising, right? And I get in a corner. And back in the day, I'm not that old. Like four years ago, it was really cool to go to the corners, right? That means, oh, you know Jesus. When everybody's worshiping, you're like, nah, I'm going over here, bro. I'm going over here. It's me and God in my corner. So I really knew how to play church. And so I really met God. I knew how to play church. I knew how to talk church, act church, walk church. But I had something in my heart that God wasn't reaching because I had a wall up. We'll talk about that later. Um, so I'm in a corner, whatever, and man, I hear, I hear God so big, and he's like, John, do you love me? And I'm like, what do you mean do I love you? I'm here, I'm worshiping. He's like, do you really? It broke me. Do you really love me? He questioned me, and I remember just falling on my, on my face and, and crying like someone killed my puppy or something. Like, I was crying like a baby, and that actually turned my perspective away from what I what I was doing it turned my perspective to saying God I'm gonna be honest with you because you could be in church and worship and 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 tweet about Jesus but you could literally live a life loving God and not be honest with him like not even like tell him what's going on like he cares about everything that's going on in your day I want to let you know that he cares about what you're telling your best friend he wants you to tell him he, he's he's not okay with you know sharing you with someone else so literally, I remember that moment God spoke, and, and here's the truth tonight. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you ever heard God before, felt God before. Listen, but God is speaking to you. He's always speaking. He's always speaking. But the, the, here's the trick. 
there's always something in the way of you hearing God. It's like you ever been in Wyndham Lakes? I live there. Don't stalk me. I live in Wyndham Lakes, and um, it's always bad service. And it's not the person, it's not like me and that person aren't on the phone. No, no, they're talking to me, but there's some things in the way. I can't hear him. I'm like, yo, you there? And he's like, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, yo. Listen, there are some distractions in your life. God is speaking loud and clear, but there are some things in your life. Come on, somebody. It's distracting you from hearing his voice. And I want to talk about these things. Weapons of mass distraction. They're in the way between you and God. He's speaking. You're listening. But there's some things in your life that are in the way. Number one, the number one weapon of mass distraction is this. It's busyness. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Busyness. And listen, I'm going to keep it real tonight. I'm going to keep it blunt. I'm going to keep it 100. Because listen, God is speaking to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you in life. Listen, there's a beautiful verse in the Bible that said God goes ahead of us. He is not calling to us from a distance. He's actually ahead of us, looking back, saying, come this way. I got you. And, and the truth is that we're all in the middle of a bunch of decisions. You're a young adult in here. You got a bunch of decisions to make. Who am I going to marry? What college am I going to go to? What's my degree? What car am I going to get? What job am I going to get? What, what, what's going on? And young adults, run away from church. Listen, there's like a crazy percentage out there. Like 80% of people that grew up in church, once they go to college, they leave the faith. Why? Because that's when they need the most decisions to make and they don't hear God. So they say God's not real. They take the presence they feel, and they cannot match that with an audible voice that's saying, listen, I love you on Fridays, and I love you enough on Saturdays to lead you. And because there's no communication, and listen, we're not tuning into the right frequency, they're actually leaving the faith. They're leaving. Because there's some things in the way. The first distraction, weapons of mass distraction, the first one is busyness. And I want to read Luke 10, 39 through 40. It talks about two women that are right next to Jesus He's speaking, and they're right next to him, and they have two completely different attitudes. Here, here's, she had a sister named Mary. So Mary, she's actually seated herself at the Lord's feet. So Jesus is talking. Jesus is a man. He's real. He split your, uh, you know, your history books in half, you know, and, and he's real. He's good. He's, he's God in flesh, right? God sent his son to die for the world. Um, for some of you guys don't know that story. So Jesus is speaking, and Mary, she sits at his feet. And, and, and what does she do? She's continuously listening to his teaching. Just put the picture. Like, Jesus is talking, and she's at the floor. Like, she's on her knees, just, just chilling, right? You know, and she's, she's like, come on, Jesus, speak more. And he's teaching. And then there's another girl named Martha. Next verse. But Martha was very busy and distracted. She was very busy. I love but. But is what changes every sentence. There was Mary, but there was Martha. There was complete focus on Jesus, but there was someone else distracted. With all of her serving responsibilities, and she approached him and said this to Jesus. Lord, it is of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone. Tell her to help me and to do that part. Isn't it amazing that two people in the presence of God have two completely different responses to when Jesus is speaking? Because there's something in the way. There was a distraction. There was busyness. There's something they had to do. Listen, I don't know about you, but I, I hear that all the time. I, I try to come to church on Friday, but this, 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 and this. 
and I'm not getting on you, but listen to me. If you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you got to make him Lord of your calendar. Really look at that. Like, you spend so much time, like, I, I think we should put Jesus on our calendar sometimes. Like, let's go to that extreme. Okay, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., you know, like, getting ready, getting, you know, taking a shower, brushing my teeth, uh, uh, putting on makeup, you know, an hour and a half, something like that, I don't know. 11 to 12, I'm seeking after Jesus. I'm listening to Jesus. I'm reading my Bible. And we're going to talk about ways to see God after. But listen, there's some busyness in your life that is distracting you from hearing God clearly. And you need to notice that it's in the way because if you don't notice, white noise. White noise. What is? I don't even know what Jesus' voice sounds like. I don't even know what God's voice sounds like. Listen, there's so many things in your way. There's so many things interfering that frequency. There's an awesome verse, Psalm 46.10, and, and it reads this. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, you can't know that I'm God until you're still enough to hear me. Be still. Some of you guys are moving all around A, B, C, D, E, F, G, this in the morning, that in the afternoon. God's like, be still and know that I am God. Slow down. Who am I talking to tonight? Listen, God is saying, slow it down and know that I am God and I'm speaking to you. Anybody excited that God is still speaking today? Come on. And, and to wrap that up, the quieter you become, the more you'll be able to hear. You can write that down. The quieter you become, the, the busyness, the, the, the slower, the, the more intricate you get with your relationship with Jesus is the more you'll be able to hear. Is that good? Number two, competing voices. The second weapon of mass distraction is competing voices. I don't know if you've ever been in a Hispanic party or any minority get-together. Um, there's always a lot of talking going on, right? It's just like really loud and it's like your grandma is like battling your auntie and it's like, what's going on? And, and there's just music super loud. Like, yo, tell Theo to lower the music. Like, it's too loud. I can't hear myself think. Like, lower it. Remember one time I was at a barbecue and I'm like trying to talk to this dude. I'm like trying to read his lips. He's right in front of me and I can't hear him. I'm reading, I'm, I'm lip reading and he's right in front of me. Listen. You could be right in front of God, but because of all the competing voices, you have no idea what he's saying. You can be here on a Friday and say, God, I love you, but because you have all these competing voices in your life, it's literally getting right in the way of what Jesus is saying to you. Excuses and, and, and competing voices. That could be a person. That could be a job. That could be, uh, that could be anything that gets in the way between you listening to God. It can be relationships. And I love, and this happens in the Bible in Luke, Luke chapter 14. And, and Jesus is talking and people, they, all these people have so many excuses. Luke chapter 14. And, and they, they all began to make excuses, right? So Jesus, is, he comes to a group of people. He says, hey, put everything down and follow me. Come on, put it down and follow me. And, and the first guy, he goes, oh, I, I just bought a field. Go back. I just bought a field and I must go. And see it. Stay right there. I just bought a field. I got some responsibilities. Yes, Jesus, I, I, I'll get down with you. I, I'll come on Fridays. I got you, but just, just one more Friday because I got some responsibilities I got to go take care of. 
Yeah, Jesus, I'll let you. I'll let you into my life. I'll listen to you. And I love how it's quiet in here. It means we're listening. <laughs> no competing voices. Come on, somebody. And God is talking. And Jesus is talking. He's like, no, 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 no. I got some responsibilities I got to get to. I got some things I got to do. First excuse. Please excuse me. Who's, you, you dare tell Jesus, excuse me. I got to go. Next verse. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to go try them out. Please excuse me. Engagements. The next verse. Come on, throw it up. Still another said, I just got married. I got to go on a honeymoon, so I can't come. Listen, I'm not saying Jesus doesn't want you to have fun. I'm saying there are some opportunities in your life that will distract God from speaking to you. There are some responsibilities in your life that will become the Lord of your life. There are some relationships that can come in the way between God speaking to you. Competing voices. It's another weapon. Mass distraction. Hebrews 12 says this. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must turn, we must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. Listen, there are some things like, and, and this is crazy, like young people from the age of 18, from 8 to 18, young people, right? Literally, the, the study shows that they're on their phone seven to eight hours a day. That's 53 hours a week. Some of y'all work 20 hours a week and y'all exhausted. 53 hours a week on social media. Listen, you're asking God to speak to you, but Twitter's speaking to you louder than God. You're asking God to talk to you, but you're not giving him a window. It's literally this and that and Netflix and this. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But remember, if you want Jesus to really speak to you, if you want to be a young person that hears from God clearly, you want to change your life, you want God to lead you in this season of your life, you're going to have to cut some things out. God's not good at being number two. He's not really good at that. He wants to be number one. So much stuff in the way. And when I say that, I promise you, it happens to me. We automatically just have a list of things. I can cut that off. I can eliminate that. I could do this. I could do that. God is saying, man, make me number one. I'm speaking to you. Are you listening? To hear God's voice, you need to turn down the world's volume. To hear God's voice, you need to turn down the world's volume. Number three, weapons of mass distraction. And this one we're going to dive into. Number three, the third thing that's really in the way. You, know, you want to know what it is? It's an unprepared heart. And that's so huge because we've been saying this since the beginning. Once we started the church, as we're, like, um, getting ready to worship, we say, we re- I-, I swear, like, in the beginning, we, re- we really didn't know what it really meant. We just kind of just said it. Um, it was like, God, at, before we worship, before we start the service, God, break our walls down. I was a saying we had. We really didn't know what it meant. We, we, it sounds good, right? You know, God break our walls down until our, our, our church, our services would get so crazy. Like people coming with burdens and dropping them off on the floor. Like people coming in one way and leaving in exact other direction. Like people's lives actually started to change. Like this is crazy. And we're like, yo, break our walls down even more, God. 
And this is amazing because an unprepared heart can actually restrict you from receiving God's voice in your life. Here's a good question when you're coming into church. God, am I ready to hear your word tonight? That's a good question. Prepare your heart for what's about to happen. Listen, if I had a bunch of seeds and I threw them right here on the concrete, you'd be a fool if you waited here for a year and expected flowers to grow, right? The concrete cannot grow. It's not fertile ground. But if I go outside and I throw seeds, listen, you come back in a year, you might see some things growing. And how come it's not the person giving the seeds? It's not nothing wrong with Jesus. It's not the actual seeds. Come on, it's not Jesus' message. What can stop growth in your life is actually you. You can be exactly in the way from what God wants to do in your life. And this is in the Bible. Matthew 13, verse 19. Study the story of the farmer planting seed. When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, what happens? It just remains on the surface. So the evil one comes along. He plucks it right at that person's heart. You could be coming to church, and because you have this hard surface over your heart, the enemy could come in 15 minutes after service and wipe it away. I was talking to somebody. They made a huge mistake on a Friday after service. And, and, and uh, Where's your heart at? Like, where is it at? Because you can be in here, and you can have two people in this room after tonight's service. They can come in to me and say, hey, hey bro, how you doing? Peace out. Someone come to me and be like, dude, tonight was for me. Tonight was for me. I don't know what it was, but everything you said, I feel like God had it exactly for me. And I really believe it's because one heart was prepared and one heart wasn't prepared. God comes to a prepared environment. In other words, prepare the fireplace before you start the fire. Prepare your heart before you ask God to come in. Because if you ask God to come in, it's throwing seeds on concrete. And, and Fridays is after Fridays after Friday, and nothing's growing. And Fridays after Friday, listen, you're not coming in with an open heart. God is saying, listen, prepare yourself for what only I can do. And I want to talk a little bit about a story in the Bible. Um, there's a young boy. His name is Samuel. So we're just going to call him Sam, all right? Sam. Little baby Sam. And he's actually in relationship with an older man named Eli. Eli in the Bible heard from God before. But Eli has now grown old, all right? And, and he's actually lost touch with God's voice. And this is kind of where we pick up in 1 Samuel, verse 3. We're going to do a little bit of reading, so bear with us. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, meaning not that many people were tuning in to God's voice because of all the distractions. And there weren't even many visions. People weren't even dreaming. People didn't even have goals. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, this dude is old, y'all. He could barely see. It's not that he was tired. He became weak. <laughs> it's a different story. This dude's old. He was lying down in his usual place. Right? It's probably like 9.30, right? Um, then the lamp of God, all the lights are like turning on and off. Then the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Call Vinny. Call Vinny. <laughs> the lamp of God. I'm not freaking out right now. Call Vinny. <laughs> the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. And this is important. What's the second word on that slide? I want you to say it out loud. The. Come on, say, say with everything you got. The. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And. Samuel was lying down in the, come on, say it with everything you got, the, where the, 
ark of God was. Three words I want you to focus on. The lamp, the house, the ark. There's three ways we explain that might distract you. There are three ways for you to hear from God. See, right after this, God's about to speak to Samuel. And the way he, he, he thinks it's Eli. And, and there's some circumstances going on right now that we're overlooking. And I'm going to dive into it in a little bit. But remember that the lamp, the house, and the ark. Next verse. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am. He called me. Eli said, I did not call you, little boy. Go back down and lie down. It is 930. I'm tired. So he went and he laid down. Oh, that was strange. Whatever that was. Again, the Lord called Sam. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? Here I am. And my son, he sunned him. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lay down. Go back and lay down. Next verse. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been yet revealed to him. Keep it right there. Go back to that slide. Listen, you may not know the Lord, but he's calling you still. God, you may not feel like God has revealed himself to you, but listen, he's still calling you by name. He's calling you. Next verse. The third time the Lord called Sam. Sam got up, went to Eli. He said, here I am. You called me. Red flag. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Next verse. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And listen, listen, if he calls you again, I want you to say these words. I want you to make this prayer. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Hold that verse right there. Listen, God's calling you by name. You might feel like he's tugging on your heart. You know my prayer is for you tonight. Tonight when you go to bed, have this prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If you feel like you're in a dry season, you feel like God, God's voice is just really going with the wind. God, speak to me. Your servant is listening. I'm getting the busyness out of my life. I'm getting these competing voices out of my life. I'm getting these distractions. God, I'm going to open my heart to your voice. Speak, God, because your servant is listening. Next, next verse. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling us at the other time. Samuel, Samuel then said, speak for your servant is listening. Check this out. God speaks. Remember, before God called Samuel, he, he was in an environment. There were some things going on. And, and these, these things we're going to highlight as, as we seek after God's voice. These three things. Come on. The lamp, the house, the ark. These three things we're going to focus on. And I'm going to pray for you, and it's going to be awesome, all right? Listen, God speaks as we read his word. The lamp, the lamp. It says he was by a lamp. He was by a lamp. And, and I believe this, that God speaks as we read his word. Psalms 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. He was by a lamp. And the lamp in the Bible says, listen, the lamp, that's the word of God. That's your Bible. And listen, your Bible in a dark valley will bring light to your feet. And every step you take, it's going to guide you. It's going to lead you. You want God to speak to you? Is your Bible open? You want God to talk to you? Where's your Bible at? Wipe the dust off. Open it up. Listen, his word is alive. 
His word is a 3D movie. You open it up with a prepared heart and it bounces out to you. Is your Bible open? God's not talking to me. Is your Bible closed or is it open? As we read God's word, he speaks. Number two, God speaks as we cultivate his presence. God speaks to us as we cultivate his presence. What does that really mean? That means worship. See, I I said the, the lamp, the house, and the ark. Listen, the ark represents the ark of the covenant. And literally in the Old Testament, this represented the presence of God. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a box with like two angels, right? With like wings, like facing each other, right? Have you ever seen that before? In the Old Testament, that represented the presence of God, like a cloud by day and a fire by night. Like it was amazing. Like that was, you could see the presence of God. That was the Old Testament. You know what the ark represents in the New Testament? Your worship. The ark is the presence of God in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you know how you got to tap into the presence of God? Your worship. You know how to get easy access to God's presence in your life? Your worship. That's what we did a couple minutes ago. Listen, the Bible says that God is looking for the heart of a worshiper. He's looking. Meaning he's stopping here on a Friday and he's looking for worshipers. He's looking for the right place. He's looking for the right heart to speak to. God speaks to you as you worship, as you live a lifestyle saying, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to exalt your name. Start a culture of worship in your heart, and you'll start a culture of hearing from God. Hearing from God. God speaks as we cultivate his presence. So it was the lamp, it was the ark, and it was the house. God speaks as we get planted in the church. And this is awesome because he was in the temple. Like he was in the temple. There was a lamp representing God's word. He's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Then he was by the ark, which represented worship, his presence. And then overall, he was in the temple of God. He was in the house of God. Listen, do you want God to speak to you? I don't know who I'm talking to you. Listen, keep coming. Keep coming. God wants to speak to you. I don't know if you feel like you're on the last straw and this is it. I don't know where you are tonight, where your relationship with God is at, but you're trying, God. And you're saying, God, this is the last, this is it, this is it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Listen, keep coming into his temple. Keep coming into his church. Listen, get planted into the house of God. Dive into this church. I asked this question earlier. I'm going to ask it again. What would your life look like if you gave God one year of your life? What would it look like? Like at our church, there's a couple steps we have. Saying yes to God. That's step number one. Number two, getting water baptized. Getting water baptized. Getting baptized. The old is gone. The new has come. Going into student leadership. Come on. Serving every single week. Being around people on Fridays that you know their names. That you know them because you're serving with them. And you're bringing your talents into the house. That's what student leadership is. After that, come on. Going to all the camps. Going to all the retreats. Going to all the lock-ins. Come on. Praying with us before service and seeing people getting saved. And celebrating together as a team. Come on. What would your life look like if you gave God one year of your life? That's what it looks like at our church. That's what it looks like. And I believe that God wants to speak to you. Come on, can we all just stand to our feet tonight? Can we all just stand up from the front to the back? Jesus. Come on, he's all over this room tonight. He's all over this place. What I want you to do is, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. All over this place. No one looking around. Just in complete respect to everybody. All over this place. All over this place. It's you and God. It's you and God. No one else. 
Come on, God is as close as the air you breathe. Some of y'all in here tonight saying, I don't even know what your voice sounds like, God. Some things in the way. Here's a good question. When was the last time you really heard from God? When was the last time that you, you actually opened him up in your life? How different would your life be if you give your, give your life to God? Completely, entirely. Listen. Every head bow, every eye closed. Listen, God is as close as the air you breathe, and he's speaking to you. He is talking to you. For some of us, it may be like the thunder, just really loud, really bold, but some of us, it may just be a whisper. He's whatever you need him to be. God, I pray for every heart in this place tonight. If we feel like we're a mile away from you or a thousand, if we feel like it's been such a long time, God, since we've been in your presence, God, I pray in these moments, God, that we're just preparing our hearts to listen to you, God. Listen, not same spirit, but every head by every eye closed. If you want Jesus and, and you want to make a decision to say yes to God, on the count of three, just unashamed. No one's looking at you. No one's judging you. If you want to say yes to God and make that first step tonight, on the count of three, I just, I just want to ask you to shoot your hand up right where you're at. On the count of three, if you want Jesus if you to make this decision to follow God and start this journey together. Listen, so many of us in this room have made this decision already. If you want to say yes to Jesus all over this room, shoot your hand up at the count of three. Ready? One, Jesus loves you. Come on, two, the moment of salvation is right now. If you want Jesus, one, two, three, shoot your hand up to the sky right here. Come on, shoot it up, shoot it up, shoot it up, shoot it up, shoot it up. Come on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can put your hand right back down. So I want you to, as the worship team comes up, I want you to grab that hand of the person next to you. So many hands just went up just now for salvation. Come on, all over this place, can you just hold that hand of the person next to you? Awesome. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray together. Every head bow, every eye close. If you made that decision, how about, how about we all pray together? Let's all pray together. Come on, everyone in the room, just repeat after me. Say, Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. Say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I receive your Son. Wipe my sins away forever, Jesus. I believe you are the Lord of Lords. Speak, God, because I'm listening. Amen.